Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. We want to make sure you know more about our sponsor, Healing Insight Acupuncture and Holistic Medicine in St. Paul, Minnesota. Owner Senya May and her team of practitioners are dedicated to health and wellness, and part of that is making sure that our metabolisms are working efficiently. Lots of messaging about weight loss tells us that we should just be exercising more and eating less, but what if you feel like your metabolism is broken? Senya focuses on balancing your body and repairing your metabolism, which means that weight loss feels effortless again. After more than a decade of working with patients on their digestion and metabolism, the Healing Insight team developed a proprietary acupuncture method for weight loss, one that nobody else in the country is using. Their holistic metabolic acupuncture programs combine specialty acupuncture techniques with herbal medicine to repair your metabolism, restore your energy and digestion, and stimulate your fat cells to burn more efficiently. So my mom, Susie, went to Senya for help before my sister's wedding and raves about this program. She says, not only did I lose those extra pounds that had crept up, but my energy level was off the charts. I love feeling balanced. Stop the ups and downs and visit HealingInsightOnline.com to see Senia's gorgeous new website and learn about healing your metabolism and all of the other women's health treatments available. That's HealingInsightOnline.com. I'm Elizabeth Reese. I'm Marjorie Punnett. And this is Best to the Nest, the podcast that is all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. Hello, Marjorie Punnett. Hello, and Merry Christmas. <laughs> a little Merry early. Christmas to you. Yeah. I have a question for you. I want to start you with got? a question. Do you remember what our Christmas episode last year was titled? Oh, gosh. No, I don't even remember last week what happened. What's going on? <laughs> So this is a much harder quiz than I expected for you. <laughs> what did we title it? What did we okay. call it? Okay, so this would have been Christmas 2019, episode yeah. 90, Best oh. of the Nest, mm-hmm. A Not-So-Perfect Christmas. Oh, my goodness. What wonderful foreshadowing. <laughs> I know. I looked at that this morning. I was like, oh, my God. Christmas 2019, we had no idea what Christmas 2020 was going to really look like. Talk about a not-so-perfect Christmas. And our not-so-perfect Christmas in 2019 was, ooh, I forgot a gift. Ooh, everything's not wrapped quite right. Ooh, I might burn something. Wow. Does COVID put that in perspective? It, nothing like a pandemic to really put things in perspective. You know, I've been seeing all of these posts the last couple of days on social media of people posting, now I get why the Roaring Twenties were such a big deal right. following the Spanish flu pandemic of 1918, that the Roaring Twenties were so big because everybody just oh. wanted to get dressed up and go out. And so there is oh. lots of conversation that we are heading into the Roaring Twenties with the hopes that COVID-19 will be behind us. Yes. Yes. Let's let's make that the hope for 2020. I, I still think 2021. I still think we have a road in front of us. Obviously, I don't want to be the pen, but 
all of this. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Let's remember, it's a very long tunnel, and it's a pinhole of light. Wow, that was dark. Okay. (laughs) Not so perfect Christmas, everybody. How about get yourself out of the gutter Christmas, Marjorie? (laughs) You need another coffee or something? Somebody get Marjorie some chocolate, for the love of God. (laughs) Did Santa put coal in your stocking? (laughs) Oh, my God. That came out way darker. But, wow, glimpse into my mind these days, isn't it? (laughs) Welcome to Best to the Nest, everybody, where there's just a tiny bit of light of hope, and that's all you get. Oh, gosh. I did say to Jay the other day, we were talking about bringing your best to the nest. And I'm thinking about getting a – because, you know, that's kind of something we talk about when things get testy around here is I'll say – in particular, I think men need to hear this, how they need to leave some of the – fight at the door. Right. Like you, you go out and you're fighting battles all day. I get it. But then when you come in, you need to shift your game a little bit. Right. And so we were discussing this and I was thinking about getting a sign made for outside our door that says best to the nest. Oh, I love that. And just like a little reminder outside of our door before he walks in that that's the thing that he sees when he walks in the door, which then I think overflows to to everybody seeing. We were just talking about it in that moment because he said, I know I got to bring my best to the nest. My best has to be to the nest when I come in. And we we say that pretty regularly around here. But sometimes one member of the family needs a little reminder. <laughs> and I, I think a little door idea. sign would be great. Best to the nesters. Let us know if that'd be something you'd be interested in buying. Maybe we'll start manufacturing them. I love that idea because I think there is something. I mean, it's it's sort of the same as having a mantra. Yes. Of that it just brings it to the forefront of your mind. And we all need that sort of discipline. And I think as you enter your home, that little, that little sweet reminder that this is a sacred place. Yes. This is a special place. This is a place where you obviously bring your best to the nest. That's a, that's a great idea. That's Look at a- how we turned your frown upside down, Marjorie. <laughs> what an amazing transformation we've Wait. made in the last 60 seconds. <laughs> Wait, what did I say? It's a very long... <laughs> <laughs> I won't say it again. I promise everybody. Well, here's, I love it. Here's what I'm looking for. So, of course, it's Christmas week, and I wanted to share the story with you, Elizabeth, although I'm pretty sure you probably already heard it. But to me, this is a Christmas story, and it happened in Minnesota. Do you know the story about the magic Dairy Queen? No. Okay. This is just the sweetest thing. So my apologies for my earlier comment. This will make up for it. (laughs) The headline was, Dairy Queen drive-through customers spark pay-it-forward chain of kindness nearly 1,000 cars long. Wow. The chain of customers at Dairy Queen paying for other people's orders lasted for two days. Oh, my gosh. Isn't this fun? So this was in People magazine. So I'm just going to read it to you because I just it gave me goosebumps when I read it. And I thought, this is what we need more of. This makes me happy. This is light. Nearly te- nearly 1,000 customers at a Dairy Queen drive through in Minnesota took part in a kindness chain last weekend that lasted for two whole days. Tina Jensen, general manager of the Dairy Queen in Brainerd, told ABC aff- affiliate KTRK, It's not unheard of for customers to pay for what the person behind them ordered as a random act of kindness. When that happens, employees will typically ask the customer whose order was paid for if they want to do the same. And at most, the chain will stretch 15 to 20 cars before it breaks. 
But on the afternoon of Thursday, December 3rd, a customer sparked a chain that would take more than 900 customers all the way through Saturday night. Jensen told NBC affiliate KARE that the recipient of the first act of kindness was surprised to learn that the man in front of her had paid for her order. She's like, really? Why would he do that? She recalled. I said, we have, we just have it every once in a while where someone will take care of the person behind them. And today is your lucky day. The woman kept it going. And by closing time on Thursday, there was $10 left over to put toward the orders the next morning. Then someone called to donate an additional $80 to help kick things off even further on Friday. One lady, she was so excited, she threw us a $20 bill, almost in tears. Are you serious? This is really going on? I said, yep, you are about 125 cars into it. She said, for real, can you believe this? <laughs> Heidi Brousset told CNN that she stopped by the Dairy Queen and took part on Friday night, and she felt as though it had helped restore her faith in humanity. The way the world is now you see a lot of anger, tension, and selfish behavior, she said. What we witnessed was pure kindness, and it was a breath of fresh air. Isn't that wonderful? It's so sweet. I love that. I love that, like, little thing and that little way of people coming together. And who doesn't like a dilly bar? I'm all <laughs> a dilly bar. Altogether, $10,000 worth of orders. Wow. It's crazy. This is That's crazy. That's really lovely. It's lovely. It shows you, though, that when given the opportunity, people generally do a nice thing. I wonder who the last one was that I know. didn't pay. <laughs> <laughs> He's the person that would say it's a long tunnel with just a very pinhole bit of light left in it. There's always a Scrooge somewhere. There There's always, always is. I know. Oh but what gosh. if you were that person that ended the chain and then you didn't realize that you were ending a two-day chain? <laughs> and you can't go back and fix that. You really no. can't. I have heard of people paying it uh, for someone else's and then and saying they can't continue the chain. So I have heard of people like in line at a Starbucks or a Caribou or something saying, I want to pay for the person behind me and I want it to be clear that they can't pay for the next person, that that's the condition, that they just get to enjoy that moment of getting oh, the treat. And then at some point in life, at another time, when they have an opportunity to pay it forward, then do it. But for this moment, just enjoy the gift because right. I wanted to give you the gift without the feeling of an obligation of paying it forward, which I think is kind of a fun way to do that too. I do too. I think that's wonderful. But, the, but to be the person that randomly broke it, uh, <laughs> that's, that's bad. I know. Bad. I know. So okay. Christmas is upon us. I will say that it does feel less, less stressful this year. We've sort of spread out some small celebrations and, and, I I kind of noticed like now things would have been different for me this year anyway because I'm on maternity leave and I'm home with a right. little baby. Right. So obviously we were going to cut things down. But it, it's kind of nice to look at the month of December and not see anything on the calendar. Yeah. You know, generally it's like we've got this party, we have this happy hour, we have this dinner, which is all really fun things, but it can start to feel a little overwhelming and it can start to feel like very expensive. Right. The the financial burden of the holiday season, when you start to factor in presents is one thing. It's the entertaining and the going out and the babysitters and all those things that really gets crazy. Well, it goes back to 
one of the, when we talk about what are the positives that can come out of COVID, one of them has always been for a lot of people, well, a lot of people who are in the stock market are making a lot of money. Yeah. But for those that aren't in the stock market, a lot of people are saving a lot of money. And that's, yeah. that's great too. So when you, when you think about Christmas, what is it that, I mean, how old are the kids now? The ages. Okay. So they're almost six. Bernie will be six on January 2nd. So we celebrate Christmas and then her birthday and then three and newborn. Newborn. And so mm-hmm. you're at the point where you have to start thinking about the religiosity of Christmas. What what will you what will you teach the kids? Do they get it in some sort of Sunday school? Do you go to mass? How are you gonna handle that? Because that's really when you have to start thinking about that. When yeah. Bernie's six. Yeah, and we've kind of thought about it from the beginning. I mean that's that's sort of like a given part of our life Mm -hmm. and our family culture for both of us and our kids attend a Christian preschool. Right. So they are used to that. That being said, I mean, this is the first year in my entire life that I will not be at church on Christmas Eve. Oh, that's yeah. And the church that we go to isn't having in-person services. And granted, we're not like card carrying members of the church. That's a conversation for another time. But right, um, right. But it is the church that we we regularly attend and that we definitely go to on holidays. And they're not having in-person services. So I think we're going to just stream the service that they're offering at any point that we want on Christmas Eve. But generally, I've never missed a Christmas Eve service. When I was a kid... And and I think part of feeling like Christmas is a lot of work had to do with growing up in a pastor's family where Christmas oh, is yeah. a lot of work. Yeah. You know, when you grow up in a pastor's family, Christmas Eve is not just like, hey, let's enjoy the day. It's, it's the World three Series. church services. It's massive. Yes, yeah. it's huge. My dad's exhausted at the end of it. And... I, we always like played instruments or I had to sing a, a solo or something every mm. church service. So we would sit there. My mom would play her violin. I mean, when oh, you're Lord. a traveling circus, <laughs> which is what a pastor's family is, that's what you have to do. Hey, do you have a slight bit of like a tiny spark of talent or can you play two chords <laughs> on a guitar? Get up there and do it. That's exactly <laughs> this how is it why, was when we were kids. This is why when Ian told me that he was that he felt the call to go to the seminary. I said, oh, gosh. That is great for you, but I do not feel the call to be a pastor's wife. No, so no, so no. can we can we reconcile that right now? Don't sing, don't dance, don't play an instrument. That's yes. going to be a problem. Pastor's wife, an unbelievable commitment for absolutely no compensation. But, it yeah. enrages me. It's sort of like the first lady situation. Oh, yeah. Like, I do not believe that the spouse of of someone in a job should be required to do things yes. for their job without getting paid. And then I, of course, wrote my husband into all sorts of stuff <laughs> for my job. Which oh, my God, that's true. Oh, that's too I funny. I know, but I do yeah. the same thing for yeah. him. You know, yeah. we do client yeah. dinners. We kind of, it's At least it's like a give and take with both of us. But being a pastor's um, wife is a, is a whole different deal. It's a whole different thing. So and, they're definitely, that's part of uh, uh, understanding Jesus's birthday and all of that is something that is in our family. And then, and then of course we talk about Santa and the joy of Santa. And yes, did I threaten Franklin last night with, if you do not, if you keep screaming at everyone, will we have to make a call to Santa? Yes, we will. And oh, what I was said he, that. What was his face? He was does just he enraged. Did, yeah. No, but did he, he get that? That's like, yes. was that and a legitimate he threat? Up and stopped screaming. And then later said, I'm sorry for yelling. Santa. He was, he was in a three-year-old yelling mode and it was unpleasant for everyone involved. 
Well, cherish the times when you can use Santa as the great manipulator of mood yeah. and behavior because those days end. They I end and then you too much, but I did have to use it in that situation. Well, when they end, then you've got nothing. I've always said, like to me, I think our children always had a healthy dose of fear of disappointing us. <laughs> and as your kids get older and you start to see other kids and you really start to interact with other families on, you know, at sports events and all those things, you will see the kids that have no parental fear. Oh, 100%. And those kids scared me. Because <laughs> if, they, if they don't have any, like, little bit of fear, then yeah. you're, you're done for because that's all you've got. Like, like, that's all you have as a parent is that they don't want to disappoint you. That's, I believe that, too. And I believe a little bit of fear that they could push you too far is, yes. um, is yes. good. Just a little bit of fear that they could push you to the point of no return helps to keep order. <laughs> you got to have a little bit of order. Yeah. So, okay. So what's happening for, for Christmas? Do you guys do like big gifts? Do you, um, no. are you doing that? What's happening? No, no, no. We, we growing up with the kids, we always, we never really had the kids give us gifts. My insistence was that they would make their gifts for us. So that really lasted until about three years ago. And my kids wow. are 27 and 25. Are they 28 and 26? My kids are old. Um, <laughs> I hope and, they're not listening. Sorry. I know. Sorry, Sorry everybody. But they, until about a couple of years ago, they would always make gifts for us, which was really a wonderful tradition because what that meant was even every time we've moved, like when I'm packing and going through memories, I have all of those gifts. And so it would be a poem or a short story or one year, this was one of my favorites, and I have a picture of this. It was pretty damn funny. They were both in college and they walked out and they had written a song for us and they were going to perform it for us, but they had changed clothes. So Gar was performing as Campbell oh, and wearing what Campbell always wore because they had very different styles. And then Gar was yeah. in college at the time and he was a swimmer. So he was always in his sweats. Like it was, he was yeah. always in like his team uniform. So Campbell was wearing Gar's team uniform and they performed the song for us. And it was just so creative and silly and funny that I, that I think is one of our best parental traditions of taking away that idea of bias gifts, because let's be honest until they're like out of college, the gifts that they're going to buy you are not going to be great. So (laughs) they're just not, they don't have any money. And so I just think it was a really great tradition because they really had to think about what the spirit of giving was. And honestly, it was harder to make a gift than it was to go buy a gift. That's true. And through most of up until like sixth grade, it was taken care of at school. You know, you get your your little – they don't do ashtrays anymore because that's politically incorrect. But you get your little like – Coasters. Coaster. You get something to hold something, a, yeah. your jewelry. Our preschool does really cute gifts or like yeah. little hand print things. They do all sorts of fun stuff. So up until sixth grade, they're, the kids are kind of covered. And then after that, it really forces them to be kind of creative. And so I loved that. That gift changed, I think, two years ago when my older son, Gar, bought for me a very large bottle of, is it aviator or aviation gin? Oh, I think it's aviation. Yeah. So that was that was that was the present that broke the tradition. But anyway, so that's that's a tradition. Then Ian and I this year, we just decided to buy really, really nice pots and pans. 
Oh my gosh, that's great. So that's what we did. We bought this. He he picked them and that's fine because he does 99.9% of the cooking. You're getting um, there. I know. <laughs> little by little. But we bought these pants called Hexclad. And if you're on Instagram, you'll see them advertised all the time on Instagram. And they are beautiful. I'm kind of leery of anything that's nonstick. Yeah. But he really, really wanted them, and they're supposed to be relatively safe. So I don't know that I'm 100% recommending them, but I have cooked with them, and they are really wonderful. And they're really cool looking. And so okay, that's great. That's our good clad, they're called? Yeah, look them up. I mean, I think I'd love to see what your feelings about them are. But he's, I mean, they're they're gorgeous, and he's been cooking a ton, and so it's been really fun. So that was our gift to each other. How about you guys? Oh, that's really fun. We, we do gifts, obviously, for kids. Jay and I... I always say like, hey, should we not do gifts this year? And then he loves the gifts. He gets right. super into it. And so right. he comes up with something. So I've been kind of picking up some fun things for him to open. And I've got, you know, I'm in a tough spot because Jay's birthday is January 1st. So oh, wow. it's always birth Christmas. And then this year is his 40th birthday. Oh, So it is a challenge because it's just a hard thing. And for, for many years, Jay and I have now been together for 10 years. And for many years, I said that I would buy him a Porsche for his 40th oh birthday. Like that a was cool aggressive. That was a vintage Porsche. That was because aggressive. when you're 30, you think that of course, by the time you're 40, you're going to have enough money to just throw a Porsche. Wow. I, um, and, and then three children later, we are not currently in that situation and we don't even have a garage stall to put said Porsche in if we get said Porsche. Um, so I told him the Porsche will have to wait until 50 and we will get there and it'll be a true midlife crisis situation. Right. And then he can have his, he can have his Porsche. But one thing that we, the kids are little now, so gifts are fun and kind of right. easy. But I will say when I was a kid growing up, the two, I was thinking about the two Christmases that I remember the most and the two Christmases I remember the most were one, when we got kittens for Christmas and then two, when my parents got us a trip to Italy for (gasps) Christmas because my youngest sister was studying abroad and hang on one second. Guys, I need you to go downstairs. Okay. Well, then he can get them later. I need you to please, can you just help me? I need you to just follow through and listen. Then go get them. But I need you to be better listeners, okay? This is the one time that I'm asking you to just stay downstairs with Papa. He's perfectly capable of taking care of you all. I don't know where they are. I want you to go downstairs, please. Okay? I need you to be good listeners. We're going to have a lot of fun this afternoon, and I need this time to just be able to take care of this, okay? Downstairs, Franklin, please. Thank you. And it's going to be super fun this afternoon, but I need you to just give me this time to finish up and then I can come down and help focus on you. Okay, go on, go close the door. I'm going to come down in about 30 minutes. Okay, so go on. Okay. I like your stickers. Go on. Oh, they're your shields. I'm sorry. Those are really cool. Okay. So close the door. Thank you. I love you. That was like full out mom mode. (laughs) Very affirmative voice. Dude, I'm just like, you can't like... Thank you. Sorry. (laughs) I actually think we need to keep that in. That was very positive mothering right there. Firm. That was like, firm. gotta go. (laughs) Pipes. But you didn't say it like that. That's the, that's the part that was four floors. Why can't I just be in one tiny corner by myself for 30 minutes? 
anyway. I love I love that this is our Christmas episode. And I'm just yelling at my children. No, that was lovely parenting. That was lovely parenting. We have rights to have boundaries as mothers. We do. Oh. Okay. Thank you. Okay. No, this I'll is pick all up again. staying in. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> stay in. Cut yes. it out. Yes. Just to cut out. No. Can't. No. It yes. has to go out. Is this our oh. first? Is this our first vitalist? <laughs> no. This is just like I just feel like I'm stuck in this house and there's nowhere to go. With the pandemic, I got to get out of here. That's why I want to go to Italy again. Okay, that's where we. <laughs> Okay, right. best. Okay, so Italy. You're talking about Italy and your parents' trip to Italy. Yes. Okay, the two biggest Christmas gifts that I remember as kids growing up were uh, when we got our kittens. I've told you this story. When we got kittens for Christmas. And, and that story, everybody, is in episode 90, Best of the Nest, A Not-So-Perfect Christmas. That's so great. That was yes. a perfect Christmas yes. when we got our kittens. And then also when my sister was studying abroad in Italy – and my parents gave us, the rest of us, a trip to Italy to go and visit her. And so we went. And it was the five of us. And it was so fun because we were older. And I was out of, long out of college. It was my youngest sister. She was in college. And, and then the whole Christmas gift was like this. My mom made this little packet with like a little – I think like a little book on Italy and like little Italian phrase book and all oh, these different great. things. And then we opened it up and it was – I think she might have even included plane tickets because I think it was in the time where there was like tickets. You oh, know? how fun. And we got to go. But that – getting that experience. So that's always kind of a reminder to me that what do you remember the most? I do also remember my dad when we got – usually my mom would – would come up with all these wonderful presents and then my dad would kind of give us one thing that he picked out right and the rest of it he would have no idea what we were getting and he would just be like oh that's <laughs> terrific how nice that you got that yes. i had no idea that was coming but i remember when we all got tvs for our bedroom and oh, we i mean this was like back in the day when you didn't even have cable on your tv you had yeah. like three channels right but, but that's we got still a big deal 13 inch tube tvs for our bedrooms and it was like the most exciting thing so you i know love experiences and i love television <laughs> not surprising you know the uh the father strategy on that one always is getting the girls to all be in their room so he could have some peace and quiet <laughs> that's what that's about although i'm not your dad's a wonderful guy but i know that was the strategy on that one some peace some a peace little... separate the girls have everybody in their rooms Watching television, the house is quiet. A little bit of peace, I know. And as we've gotten older, you know, now that we all have kids, my sisters, this year we have eight grandchildren. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> among my sisters and I. And then on my husband's side, including my kids, there are six grandkids. So we do gifts for all of the kids. Right. I will say the most fun thing, and we'll probably sort of kind of figure out how to navigate that as they get older, but mm -hmm. the most fun thing that we've done as adults is starting to draw names. And I just cannot yeah. even say this enough because really what I used to do was I would spend like 50 bucks on my mom, on right. my on each of my sisters. And then instead what we do is between the four, among the four of us, my mom and my two sisters, we draw a name and we have a $200 limit. That's great. So we up the limit so you can get something like really nice. And, and I'm not saying that needs to be the limit for everybody. I mean, you should just make your choice according to what budget works for you. So I'm pretty much spending 
the same. Right. But I get to just focus on one person instead of trying to find something around that $50 mark for each person and kind of going, is this okay? Is this something they're going to like? I get to focus on one person and create sort of a gift experience for that person. And $200 and, is, a, is a lot that somebody yeah. might not spend on themselves. And for so that sure. makes it really, really special. You I love that. You can get things for them that you know that they would love that they wouldn't buy for themselves because they're feeling like it's a little bit too much. So I think that that has been something that has really eased to the stress and has made gift giving still really fun among the adults and not this overwhelming right. feeling. So right. that's been good. So what do you, what has been the best children's gift you've come across this year? What's, what's the hot trend or what do you, have you found that's super special? We just asked them for what, what, you know, we asked them to ask Santa what they would like. Mm-hmm. Franklin is so cute because he just wants one thing and he wants an Iron Man toy. Oh. So I said, I think maybe Santa can arrange that. And Bernadette has asked Santa for three things, a remote control car, a slime oh. kit, and oh. a, a remote control car, a slime kit, and a makeup kit. Oh. So those oh. are fun because we're still at the time where they don't really get like, they don't really get the trendy toys. Right. They're not, they're not into, I try to shield them from like toy advertisements so that right. they're not just like looking for the next piece of plastic crap. Sorry. Right. <laughs> Even though everything they want is plastic. That being said, they, they'll they get those gifts. I'm sure Santa will oblige. And and then we'll see what else shows up. There's Bernie's so fun because she's so into art. Right. So she's always fun to buy for because she always wants art supplies. That's great. So it's like you can go into Marker Palooza land and just love life and have so much fun with it. Well, I'm going to have to look up the name, and I will look up the name of this because I don't even know if it's still there in St. Paul, Minnesota. But there was a little store near our house, Elizabeth, that was a not-for-profit that allowed corporations to donate extra stuff. Oh. So they, you would go in, and there'd be bins of film canisters. There'd be bins of old cardboard there'd be bins of ribbon there'd be bins of and it was the greatest place to take the boys one when they had like a craft project due for school like if they had to do a diorama or something like that it would be so fun to go there but for somebody like bernie i'm gonna see if that store is still open it was so much fun and it was you know it was a little shop but it was just bins and bins and bins of they'd have corks and they'd have like just stuff that you could play with and make something out of, but really, really, really fun and a great little not-for-profit. I'm going to look it up. But if your city doesn't have something like that, you should because it probably saved me thousands of dollars on school supplies, you know, for oh, a little art really project. That's like super a, cool. Like a cork would be like 10 cents. You know, it was just yeah. really, it was really, really fun. But Oh, I love it. We tried oh. to do as many small business support and supporting as we can. I mean, I popped to our, we have a little shop around the corner from us, a little like gifty shop. And so I went there last night to get gifts for my nephews and niece and, and just finding as many small places, the foundry home goods where we've had Anna Hilligas on our podcast before. Uh, She had some just really wonderful little like pull along wooden ducks that are toys for kids. So I got one of those for each of my, each of the new nephews. Right. So the, the, we've got the three triplet boys. And so Arthur and Cole will each be getting one of those from us. So I was trying to just be intentional about things that we could buy because we are in the position to be able to buy some gifts, to be able to buy them from places that I want to stay open. I want them to stay open. That reminds me a shout out to 
restaurants. And I'm working on a little IGTV Instagram series just to highlight takeout in the Valley, you know, in the, in the Phoenix area. And so they're just little minute 30 videos that we're doing just to show what restaurants are doing sort of really great takeout. And I think people are a little hesitant to buy gift cards to restaurants right now because they're afraid they're going to close. They're afraid they're going to close. But I would encourage if you have a favorite restaurant and you want to give a gift and they do takeout, it's sort of a perfect little thing because it's an infusion of cash for the restaurant you're not putting, you know, you're not sitting in the restaurant. You're not asking people to actually go to the restaurant, but they can get a special little dinner and the restaurants could really use the help right now. So yeah, that might be a big. nice gift as well. It is a big deal. Well, it's it's a Christmas unlike any other, but Duh. hopefully everybody can find the joy. And again, you know, it's the great American slowdown. And I have a feeling that there are just going to continue to be some lessons that we've learned about how we want to live. Right. And we've been saying this long before the pandemic that the way the pace at which we were living as Americans was completely unsustainable. Yes. And I hate that it's taken a pandemic for us to realize that. But in some ways, I think we would have never understood that without something as great as a pandemic. It was that big Mm -hmm. of a problem that we have instituted this crazy, crazy pace of life that was just running us all ragged, that it took something monumental for us to slow down. It's like a Noah's Ark moment. Let's hope. Let's hope that that there are, for all of the people that are going to be suffering this Christmas and are saddened this Christmas because they've lost somebody that they love, let's hope that 2021 brings that sort of joy back to them of, yes, there was a paradigm shift in how we treated one another and how we treated our homes and our lives. That would be a beautiful beautiful thing. Remember, there's a pinhole light at the long, at the end of a long, long darkest tunnel. It's dark. It's so very, very dark. Very dark. Give it a but rest. just a tiny, tiny bit of light that might give you a teeny, tiny bit of hope this holiday season. There and on that go. note, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> Oh, if you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review at Apple Podcasts. Maybe not for this one. Maybe don't review this one. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best of the Nest or go to bestofthenest.com to subscribe to our newsletter. We are the podcast that brings you hope and home. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number. 
the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast1 to learn more and start your free trial.